The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Alex, and I have an incredible birth family and also an incredible found family. I know we'll be all right. I know we'll be all right. I know we'll be all right forever. All right, so I think it goes without saying. I think I say it all of the time. I brag about it, really, at this point. I have the greatest family, like, in the whole world. I mean, they're going to be on my podcast. We're going to talk about all of that, even in a deeper sense than you know. But if you know me at all, I am, no pun intended, a family guy. Like, it is who I am. I was raised with the coolest mom, the best dad, and my absolute superhero, and three sisters who are, like, equal parts hype women and security guards. Like, it's a... It's a nice balance and they're incredible. And up until I moved to New York at 18 years old, they were the only people I really kind of considered family. Um, And when I turned 18 and I moved to New York, I think I went through what every 18 year old goes through, which is like, who am I? What do I like now? I'm an adult. I get to do what I want. I get to act how I want everything that I've been told I can't do. I want to do. And I wanted to try so many new things. I was working at All Saints. And then afterwards, I remember going to like a cantina where they never carded people because I was 18 years old. And like all of those things that happened um, while I was in New York. And, and there was a period of time I didn't see my parents for like four or five months, which I know doesn't sound like a lot. Actually, now I'm saying it like doesn't sound like a lot of time at all. But for me, that's probably equivalent to like a decade. Even now, living in a completely different state, I see my parents at least once a month. And then when they all when we all lived in the same state, it would be insane if I didn't see them four or five times a week. So that all being said, being away from them for that long of time and being somebody who always needs not necessarily the presence of other people, but other energy. I always feed off of other people's energy. And if I don't have it, then I don't really feel quite like myself. A lot of my friends that I had that lived in New York that I had known, you know, my management and my business management and even just close friends I had in New York became this new kind of version of family that I would have, you know, dinners with. And I would, if they had kids, I would get close with their kids. If they lived with their parents, I would get close with their parents. If they had grandparents, I'd go up there. Like I remember going to, I want to shout out Robin Mann, who was probably my first version of like found family when I was 18. I lived with her. She had two kids that were about my age, two sons. I remember going to Passover at her mom's house and like being treated like just like another son and having that like found family. Ron Starr, who who's been on our show before talking about finances. I remember sleeping on his couch and when I didn't have money, he would like give me extra money to make sure I could eat and and I could pay for recording equipment and seeing that and having them as such a close family. And I want to preface this whole episode that 
neither of the two are better or worse or or more important or less important. I would never trade anything in the world for my birth family at all. Like I think I still have the greatest family ever, but I think it's healthy as a person to experience life as you know, on your own. And so like, I think about things like that, where it's like, I think it's important to branch out. And I'm so excited about this episode because we have two amazing guests, one of them being uh, a piece of my found family. So it really just got me thinking, how important is found family? And where do you find family? I know we'll be all right. I know we'll be all right. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Let's Get Into It. This is my podcast where we talk about really everything. I'm so excited about this episode. This is um, an episode that we actually was one of the first episodes we ever thought about doing um, because it's something that's very important to me, like you heard in my story earlier, which is found family or chosen family versus uh, your birth family or your assigned family. Um, So I have some awesome guests to talk about this exact topic. First, I have a therapist, also known as the angry therapist, author, host of the podcast also called the angry therapist and a brand new dad which we'll talk about later side note he is the partner of one of our previous guests vanessa bennett who joined us for the mindfulness episode uh they are partners they're both therapists i have a lot of question about that john kim how are you man i'm well thank you so much for having me i'm excited to be here today it's a it's a fun topic, and I'm not gonna lie, John. You have some you have some real competition with this guest because this next guest is uh, also my best friend in the whole world. Um, I have known him for now six years. Um, we have traveled the world together. He's uh, an amazing photographer. He's one of my my closest friends, and is now as of like a month ago my roommate, Dylan March. What's up? What's up, buddy? <laughs> Hey Alex. I didn't know I didn't know the I didn't know the intro. The way that we're set up if you if you're not visually seeing this uh, is me and Dylan are sitting in the same room. We have Catherine the producer in her house and we have John in his house. So it's going to be very very interesting. First Dylan and I are going to be talking about a topic that Catherine named and I think it's so funny because it's the one time that it's true. A brother from another mother. Then we're going to take a break. John and I are going to talk about finding your family and then lastly we're going to have a big round table talking about your first family, your birth family. Uh, and how that compares and contrasts to your found family. Uh, But before we get into those topics, I have a question that I ask every single one of my guests, including myself, and that question is, uh, what have you been doing this week to improve your life? Um, I'll go first, Uh, and Dylan knows this. I am back on the fitness train in full. Like, I think with the second shutdown of California that came in, like, July, I got to a point where I was like, what's the point of getting in really good shape when nobody sees it and I'm and I'm eating only healthy foods and something that I enjoy a lot which is all different types of foods Uh, so I kind of let myself slip a little bit but now I'm fully back on the fitness train I started working with a personal trainer um, via zoom and it's uh, it's awesome so that's what I've been doing this week to improve myself Dylan what do you have for us Ooh, um, doing the fitness thing as well but um, as of last Friday I left my nine to five job and I think I'm going to be doing a bit more photography and trying to lean into that a bit so it's a bit of a bigger change but this week I'm putting some effort into that solid solid John what do you have for us um I've been trying to get off the hedonic treadmill and what I mean by that is I've spent most of my life trying to chase shiny things tying happiness to once I get that thing whether that is you know a Range Rover or uh, an empire, it doesn't matter what it is, that thing, right? Or maybe it's a, a better body. Um, and so I'm trying to break the habit of tying my worth to something that is outside of self. And that, that's, a, that's a practice, that's a lifelong practice, but just been really trying to focus on it this week. That seems like a challenge for me to be doing next week, for next week's what have I been doing to improve myself? Because I think I could definitely use a little bit of that work. Solid. Well, look, it looks like we're having all, we're all having a great week. We're all having a great time. Everybody's having a good time. Great week. Um, well, let's just crack straight into it then. John, we'll be with you in just a second. Sure. Dylan, it's time for us to go one-on-one. I'll start off with a quote that, uh, that Catherine found and sent to me that I really, really liked. It's from Gloria Steinem and she says, your birth family is crucial in nurturing and raising you, but your chosen family, your friends are really who you grow up with and who allow you to work and be yourself and support you in times of bad 
and good, which is exactly why I wanted to have one of my closest friends and somebody that I consider a chosen slash found family, Dylan here. This is exactly why I want to go back and start from the beginning of how our friendship turned into like what it is today. Like you're one of he's one of my closest friends. And oddly enough, also your mom is one of my closest friends, which is solid as well. Um, but if you know, you already know, if you listen to this podcast, you probably already know Dylan because I do reference him a lot. He is uh, one of my, not only one of my closest friends, but one of my only friends, um, which is fun. So let's go back to the beginning. I actually met Dylan through his brother Hunter, who is dope and hopefully comes on this podcast um, soon as well. And Hunter was working at Awesomeness TV. This is circa... 2014. And long story short, I met Hunter because I met with Awesomeness TV. I told everybody I would perform a song for them and Hunter had actually requested me to sing a Sam Smith song. That's like the very first time I spoke with Hunter. And uh, and then through the next few months, Hunter and I had worked together on a couple of projects with Awesomeness TV, including we somehow both got invited to try out a cruise ship, like literally be the first people to ride this cruise ship. And we both got a plus one. So I had brought my little sister and Hunter brought his little brother, who is Dylan. So, uh, Dylan and I met on a cruise ship, super romantic, and long story short, I think just the whole cruise, we all just like vibed together. We all had like a good energy with yeah. each other, and we all just kind of got along super well to the point where even after the cruise, we just like hung out all the time. I would come over and like make a video with Hunter, and then after Hunter and I would work, he would keep working, and I would hang out with Dylan. <laughs> Dylan? I have a fun question to ask you because I feel like I've been telling a story. Why do you think we gravitated towards each other as friends? Um, I don't know. I think my family and probably Hunter and me more than my mom and Mickey, who you had lived with. Um, we've always been very attracted to people with passion. So it doesn't really matter what it was. I mean, at the time when we met, you had been so passionate about music and you were obviously so talented. So, you know, we see that and it's something that is driving for us, but it's also, I just think it's rare to find people that are so passionate about things. So we saw that with you, and it was something that obviously we're so envious of, because I think Hunter and I have been very lucky or gifted, where we've always kind of been good at stuff. Like, we've always been able to pick something up, but we're so musically not there. So that's definitely, like, something we've always been so envious of. So I think that was probably the biggest draw. The, I never never even heard you say that, which was very meaningful. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I think for me, too, it was literally like, you know, coming from where and, and I've talked many times on this podcast about my upbringing and, and having a lot more of a not politically, but like conservative upbringing, um, even outside of politics and and. Uh, Meeting you and, and Hunter and having this mindset that I kind of adopted from you guys, which was just more open mindedness of, around everything. Like, I think that's my favorite thing about you and Hunter uh, and your whole family is that directly to this point, you guys really helped open my mind and really helped me search for other meanings of things that I was a little confused about or I didn't know fully. And you guys kind of not only inspired me to think like that, but also provided like a place that made me feel like, oh, I can be I can be this person or I can try this person or I can swear more or I can, you know, smoke weed or whatever it is. You guys were always that. super like <laughs> Dylan does not support weed. Um, that being said, uh, you guys were always super open and and, and cool about that. Um, you actually traveled through Australia and lived in Australia for, what was it in total, like two years? Two and a half, three years, yeah. So you spent some time in Australia, and I ended up hanging out more with Hunter around that time. And it, But I always stayed you know, close to your family. But when you came back, you actually went on tour with me, and that's when you started shooting photography and video for me. And we actually ended up working together, which got us you know, traveling all around the world and going on multiple tours together. And um, I think that really strengthened our friendship and made us, you know, even closer um, up until the point. Now we are here at 2019 um, when I was living in my old, old house uh, and the lease was ending. We both knew that we were going to be leaving on tour in like two months after that. And you had mentioned like, since we're going to be leaving in two months, instead of signing a new lease for like a year, why don't you just move in to my mom's house? Because uh, Dylan grew up here in Los Angeles. And uh, and long story short, we kind of set it all up and I moved in. 
which started now like this new phase, uh, which was the first time that we sort of lived together. Like we lived together, obviously, and then we went on tour, which was sort of also living together. Uh, and then when we came back, I went and left for um, for Finding Ohana, the movie uh, that I filmed in Thailand for like two months. When you were filming the movie, we had a, always intended on moving into a new place oh, together. Right, yeah. So when Alex came in, he came in for the tour and then he booked the movie. So he was going to be another away for another three months. And in that time, I had moved in with my brother. Right, right, right. So Alex came back from his movie and just moved back into my mom's house by himself. And that's kind of how that whole stronger relationship with my family started, I guess. Right, right, right. Because then you left. I came back. And this was where it got like, this is where it was really meaningful, but it was almost like funny because I remember when Dylan called me and I was filming the movie and he was like, yo, um, I have bad news for you. I'm moving out. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, I'll move out. I'll find a spot when I get back. Because in my mind, I was like, you're leaving your mom's house. Like, I should also leave. Like, I shouldn't stay. And then I came back and I talked to his mom, Sandy. Shout out, Sandy. Shout out, Mickey. And I talked to his mom and I was like, hey, I'm going to start looking for places. And Sandy was the one who's like, hey, you don't have to if you don't want to. Like, we like having you. And then it was from that was probably November all the way up until about a month ago in October. I lived there without Dylan. So I'd still see Dylan pretty, pretty often. Um, but I was more so hanging out with Sandy and Mickey, who are Dylan's mom and Dylan's stepdad. And that's when it really, I think, switched from two really, really close friends to found family is where we are now. And so that's kind of the story. And that's where I wanted to start with. Um, but now I'm sitting here and I kind of want to like recollect with you, Del. What do you think is like the big differentiator between like just a friend or a really good friend, like a best friend versus somebody who you're like, you're like my family? Um, I'm not too sure because I have like best friends I've grown up with my whole life, but outside of you and now our other roommate, Sam, like I don't consider anyone family. Like, mm -hmm. you know, my other friends and I love them and I've been friends with them for 15 years. But like if I go, you know, years without talking to them, I'm fine where I don't really have that with you guys. But I don't know. It is that kind of feeling that I know you'll always be there for me. I know Sam will always yeah. be there for me. It's the same for you. And I know my family will always be there for you and yours for me. So I think that's a big factor. I think it is that trust, that kind of vulnerability that we can have with each other where maybe we don't feel that way with our other friends despite how close we feel with them. Mm -hmm. I think it's also like just a week ago, I walked out and I was wearing this outfit because I really wanted to wear these shoes. And Dylan was like making breakfast and he was just like, hey, I got to be honest with you, I don't like your outfit. And it made me really like, it's like, I think things like that, like it's not only a vulnerability that you kind well, of... to be fair, he was going to meet a modeling agency. Yeah, granted, I was, was going to meet a modeling agency. A, Dylan's a got a good outfit. sense of style. Dylan, that's the other thing. Dylan, I, I, like, I absolutely bite Dylan's style. Every time he finds a new brand, I go and I buy all of it. It's like, it's, it's, it's bad. But I think another thing that makes that found family situation easy is I think it's also natural that you can, you can also get into that more serious moment, like you said, like the vulnerability. But it's also a trust that... If you say like, hey, I don't, your outfit's not the best. I think it's just like, it comes from a place of love. It reminds me of my my family when my family would be like, hey, don't do that. I, you shouldn't wear that outfit or is super important and special to me. And that's what made you guys like super close as family to me. What was your, <laughs> I have a funny question to ask you. No, I don't know if it's funny. I have an interesting question to ask you. As I got, as you left, what were your like initial thoughts on like, you know, I think I'm, I call them now very close friends of mine. I think it was always a good thing. I mean... I know for you that you kind of always seemed like someone who needed to have family around, and I think your family all left at the time. And um, I know, same for my mom, she very much had this empty nest syndrome living in the big house. And, you know, Hunter and I weren't that far away, but we probably weren't the, you know, first to call or come over initially. So I think it was like this perfect thing that fell into the place for both of you. I know my mom is, you know, you're more her tribe than I think I even am. Like she likes to have those big, deep conversations and she wants to talk about the universe. And, you know, Hunter and I are like, oh my God, here she goes again. Like <laughs> enough, like we're done. And you're on the opposite end of the spectrum where you're like, yeah, what does it mean? You know, like what, what's it all about? And I think you guys, you filled that gap that she never got with us, um, probably of wanting to, you know, explore those deeper things, which she very much turned into. And with spirituality, like Hunter and I never picked up any of the spirituality and I think in her later years she's very much adopted it 
And I think she likes hearing the position of someone who grew up in a more spiritual foundation where Hunter and I are like, give it a rest. Like, we're done. <laughs> I think that's the coolest part about found family, too, is that, like, you come from such different walks of life. And if you can get to that point of being found family, then you can bring such a high level of quality of just outside perspective on on everything that that came i think your mom also helped me and you guys helped me a lot in in a lot of things that i was raised to believe that i was unsure about or that things that i didn't i wasn't raised with the knowledge of that you guys might have had knowledge or or experience in that helped kind of lead me or guide me in like certain directions which i think is super cool we're going to take a quick break but before that i have one last question because like you had mentioned your, you know, of, of all of your friends, the two people that you consider found family are actually now your roommates. But there's a very common thing that you say, like, don't live with your roommates. Um, one, what do you think of the don't live? I mean, don't live with your best friends. Sorry. Don't live with your best friends. Uh, live with your roommates. What are your thoughts on, on that concept of like, don't live with your best friends? And were you nervous about all three of us? I know you lived with Sam when you guys were in college together. So you had a little bit of experience in that. Um, and then we had been on tour together, which if you've never been on tour, is probably even closer than being roommates because you literally share absolutely everything 99% of the time. But, um, but what, what are your thoughts on that? Not really nervous. I mean, Sam and I have lived together. Sam's very independent, very introverted, and I'm kind of the same. So I think like for me, home has always been that place where I like to be alone and, you know, have my time to recharge. I'm very introverted in that sense where I recharge being alone. So Sam, I wasn't nervous about. (laughs) (laughs) They know (laughs) Sam, Sam and Dylan are both so closed off. Like I'm the one I wake up in the morning. I'm like, good morning, everybody. What are we doing for breakfast? What are we doing for lunch? Alex is the person who'll walk in your room and just stand there. Like, dude, what are you doing? (laughs) Get out of my room. But um, I think, you know, now I think maybe touring, like, because we did have that little rift initially when we spent so much time together that I was like, kind of like, all right, dude, like, I need you to back off a little bit. But I think as we both got busy, I mean, you're more busy now. Um, You have your girlfriend when I don't know if your viewers know, but you have your girlfriend now. (laughs) So (laughs) I think it's less like of that your need or my need to be together all the time yeah which so now it's no issue at all but i mean you know like i like my space and yeah i know you, learn you that need stuff. And you I think need you your that's... friend time so i try and accommodate that <laughs> <laughs> you learn you learn both you learn that exact stuff with both being roommates but also being found families you figure out what works what doesn't work what this person needs and i think that that when you get to that level of vulnerability that you're not uh, worried about if they like you or if you're going to be friends. I know I always make the same joke to Dylan where I always say, hey, are we going to be friends forever? But like when you have that confidence that like you know that it's the family level, it's not even just being friends level, then it's you start really thinking about, okay, what does this person need? What can I do to help this person either succeed in their task that they're on right now or even succeed in a bigger picture? Um, but Dylan, I'm so happy you're my friend. I'm so happy you're my found family. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking with a real truly apparently very angry therapist we'll be right back what's up everybody this is Stephen a smith when i'm not at my day job first tape you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen a smith show podcast tune in every monday wednesday and friday at the very least as i bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports pop culture business and politics You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. 
A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Welcome back to Let's Get Into It. I'm Alex Iono, and we are here with John Kim, a.k.a. The Angry Therapist. John, what's up? What's up? I want to say first, um, I've been sitting here just staring at your glowing skin and feeling really (laughs) old, man. And I'm sitting in front of a window, so I got natural sunlight coming in. We're on Zoom. There's no filters. And your skin is just glowing. It's like... 
I also have a big bright window in front of me, so it's giving oh. it's it's really favoring me. And Dylan's also sitting back farther and not getting the light, so it's even giving a better contrast. It's truly it's truly a Wizard of Oz situation. You got to look yeah. behind Dylan, the curtain. Dylan, you probably have beautiful great. skin too. I just can't see that far. He has I'm, better my vision skin. going as well. <laughs> Dylan has better skin than I do. I break out. I have like I have to go to oh. the dermatologist all the time. Dylan like throws spaghetti water on his face and is fine. It does the job. Yeah. Um, so John, I, we're going to get into the whole found family thing. Cause I want to hear your experience if you have, you know, yeah, the same sure. kind of situation. But before we get into that, I want to know, because you know, my listeners, I, I I'm sure some of them have heard of, uh, heard your podcast and are familiar with you, but I want to know what makes you the angry therapist. Um, just being Korean, man, I was born angry. <laughs> That's my default. No, um, I, uh, I used to be a really angry person and I was angry because I was unhappy. Uh, I was in my twenties. Uh, a struggling screenwriter in Hollywood, grew up in LA, and I didn't allow myself to be happy until I was successful. My definition of success was, you know, the house on the hills, the uh, fancy cars and a three picture deal, all that stuff. Um, and I was talking to my own therapist and he's like, if you can't be a screenwriter, uh, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, you know what, if I can't move people by the masses, I want to do what you're doing. I've always loved psychology. I want to go be a therapist. And he's like, well, go do it. And um, next thing you know, I'm 35 just got divorced and I'm in grad school. And what I didn't know, what he didn't tell me was after you graduate, you gotta do 3000 hours. And so it took me six years, which probably uh, compounded my anger. Um, and, and so that, I, you know, I used to be angry. I'm not angry anymore, but um, I, I used to be unhangry that came from being unhappy. Mm, angry yeah. stemming from unhappiness. Uh, that's, that's awesome. I think the coolest thing is, and, and, uh, and again, your partner, Vanessa, who's been on the show, uh, if I'm not mistaken, she also has a similar background in the sense of she was working, uh, production, right? Wasn't she yeah. a producer? Uh, yes. In corporate. So not in entertainment for, um, vitamin water for, you know, in advertising. Right, 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 yeah. right. And ads and ads. That's what it yeah. was. And so yeah. that's, that's, that's super cool. I'm I'm very very interested in in hearing more of your podcast, so we're definitely going to be listening to it more and more. But let's get back to uh, found family. What do you yeah. have any experience with that? With uh, with kind of um, adopting your own you know group of people that well, you feel support yeah, you. Yeah, um, what what a great topic, by the way. And it, when I was listening to you guys and how you are so integrated with your uh, your roommate and his family and vice versa. And I was like, and there was a part of me that was kind of jealous. I was like, wow, that's amazing to have that kind of support. And I think with me, I remember having a found family when I was younger. So I grew up in the 80s. You guys were just an idea. And uh, my parents are always at work, right? Because they're workaholics. And so I was left alone. There were also not a lot of Asian people. Um, so I was kind of like the, the, uh, the Korean orphan that um, the families took in for like Thanksgiving, you know? And so I just hopped around. And, that, and I remember the uh, the warmth and the support of being around a family, not only because I was friends with the, you know, the their children and also but the mom and dad and the older sisters. And it was almost tribal. And I can imagine back in the day, this is what it felt like to do life with people. It had that kind of like community, tribal, you know, we're in this together. Um, and then as I grew up, i um, just been on my own and being like a, a drifter. Uh, I haven't experienced that since I was like 12. Mm, that's, yeah. that's, uh, I don't know if that's awesome or if it's, I mean, it made you where, where you are now, which is, which is awesome. Um, but I can, that's totally tough. Cause I think for me, like you said the word tribe and, and for me growing up in Los Angeles and, you know, living with my family and turning 18, moving to New York, having other found family, like I've mentioned yeah. earlier in the stories, it, I don't know where I would be without it. Right, and right. and so um, I, I applaud you for not having that kind of situation and, and, and still ending up where you are, which is uh, which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I have my own family now, but maybe that's also why I've been so angry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've never had a found family. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. I, we're not meant to do life alone. You know, we're, we're tribal creatures. And so uh, having a support system, having having not only friends, but other people that you could count on man, that makes you feel less alone in the, world, in the world. And also when it's hard to believe in yourself, you have other people that are going to champion your story and carry that. And that's amazing. Absolutely. And, yeah. and I mean, outside of being the angry therapist on your podcast, you are a, a real therapist in real life. Um, and I know, I, I'm sure that you've experienced, you know, pe uh, clients who come to you and experience things like this. I know in, in talks with my own therapist, 
he refers a lot to like a support group or, or, you know, your close friends or my therapist even references that found family or that chosen family to rely on. How often are you seeing or utilizing people at like people's friends or people's support groups that aren't necessarily their birth family um, to help them get through things that they're dealing with? Yeah. So the thing for me now, and I think it's been happening in the last, I would say five to 10 years, the explosion of, um, community with fitness, you know, you're talking about, uh, fitness and, and how that's your thing this week. Um, the invention of things like CrossFit was the tightness of the community. And, uh, before the pandemic, when we were out and about, uh, I found a lot of support and power in going to those classes and sweating with people, you know, building something, whether it's a new body or a friendship in communities. And, uh, I, I think, cause back in the day, we know, you know, we just went to the gym and, and we just picked up weights and, and, uh, you know, uh, reading us weeklies on the treadmill and stuff. It was very kind of like a lot of solitude. Um, now it's like you do it in communities. And I think that's, that's the way to do it these days as an adult, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, I think one of the biggest things in terms of found family is, you know, some people use their found family or, or really rely on their found family because they don't have, uh, or they, they are pretty distant from their birth family. Um, like you had mentioned earlier, but then I also think that some people use their found family to express themselves in ways that they feel like they might not be able to with their birth family. Uh, I I immediately think of, uh, Mila Jam, who was on our beyond the, um, beyond the binary episode and, and, she referenced in her upbringing how she didn't even realize who she could be or who she really truly was mm-hmm. at heart until she moved out to New York and started uh, hanging out with other um, gay or trans friends. And and so that's what comes to my mind is the LGBTQ plus community specifically, because in my own experiences firsthand, I've had friends who have come out to me and their other found family before they actually turn around and, and, and actually come out to their, their birth family or their assigned family. Why is found family uh, important or more important to some people um, than their actual birth family? Uh, I think because it gives you fresh perspective. It's kind of what you're talking about now. Uh, families are very sticky. The dynamic of a family is very sticky. So when you grow up with a certain kind of set of rules and values and all that, and that's what you're used to, um, you're very narrow and it feels like that, you know, there's, there's a very clear cut what's wrong, what's right. And then when you get absorbed by another family, another container, another space, another tribe, now you're seeing um, the world through other uh, other lenses. And then I think then it opens it up and it's like, oh, wait, you know, this family thinks these things and it's different from mine. It's not not wrong or right, but you know what? Now I have choices Mm. and I think that's, uh, it can stretch you mentally, you know? Yeah. It makes the world big. Mentally, emotionally, psychologically. um, There's this like weird sense that I feel of like, of almost like belonging that I feel when I'm connected to my found family or when I'm connected to people who feel open enough to be their truest selves. And, and there's like, there's this inclusivity that you feel on both ends that you feel like you're including somebody enough that they feel comfortable. And then also when you're on the receiving end that you just feel included and you feel like you belong. I go back to like my friendship with Dylan and, 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 and Hunter and Sandy and all of them when I, when I really got close and connected with Sandy and Mickey and they would invite me to family breakfasts and birthdays and stuff, like you feel like you belong and you feel like you're really, you know, in the moment. Um, what happens to somebody though, mentally when they do not have a found family, especially if they, if, if they really do need one? I think it's like, um, a saltwater fish living in a fishbowl. You know what I'm Mm. saying? I think, um, we're not designed to be to, to do life alone. And so when we don't have a found family or friends uh, and we are isolating ourselves, we live in the scariest place uh, on the planet, which is in between our, our ears. Yeah, so mm. we're, we're thinking a lot. We're, uh, we have a lot of cognitive distortions. We have a lot of self-doubt. And there's no one that's going to help us you know, process that. There's no one that's going to pull us out of our mental quicksand. So it's very easy to drown. It's very easy that our scales turn gray and we're not swimming if we don't have support as far as you know, a found family, friends, partner, you know, all of that stuff. Damn, you said the scariest place in the world. I was thinking like, okay, where is this? Uh, and actually, <laughs> that's wild. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping that. I'm gonna write a song about that. I'll give you, I'll give you five percent for writing. Oh, sweet. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I have a couple of final questions before we take one more break. Um, yep. 
So if somebody is feeling alone, right? You you said we we're not meant to do life alone, mm-hmm. uh, but they don't necessarily have a found family. What what's your advice in in how somebody could go about finding their community, finding their family? I know you'd mentioned yeah. like workout groups and all of those things, but what's the advice that you would give to to the listener right now who is thinking, yeah. man, I need that. I think this is where the internet is is such a gift, right? Because the internet can be a double edged sword. Um, you can create and join communities online. You know, I've got many, and I think if you don't have a place as far as going outside your house, or if you don't have, you know, a fitness community, if you don't have, uh, friends, then online, you can jump into communities, uh, that, you know, based on your passion, based on what you like and start engaging with people, whether it's via zoom or even if it's on Facebook, it doesn't matter, right? It's still, there's real people behind those profile pics. So um, I think that's that's a good place to start, you know? Yeah, I think what's really cool about that is that as public as the internet can be, you know, you can also sign up with a private account. If it's something that you're nervous mm-hmm. about, you can make a whole side private account and, and be in a group that makes you feel you know, true to yourself and makes you feel heard and seen. And you could be going by, you could go by, you know, John Kim, the angry therapist, or you could go by like, you know, Josh Michaels, the the ex, you know, college swimmer. No, but like nobody knows. And so I think um, that's something that that could be really meaningful. And I think it's also very meaningful right now during COVID and during this pandemic, especially as we're unfortunately looking like we're prepping for the second wave of it all and we're not going to be able to hang out with each other and go out and mingle and socialize with each other. Um, Is there any other uh, advice that you would have, especially for right now where we are outside of being online for somebody who needs to go about trying to find some found family right now? You know, it's something that you have to make an effort to, uh, effort for. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people, even with friends as we become adults, when we're in school, friends kind of are in our structure. So whether it's, you know, camp or recess or detention, it's a lot of plug and play. But when you become adults, you actually have to make an effort to make friends, you know? And I think a lot of us, um, we don't do that. I know I didn't. I thought friends were a waste of time growing up, you know? I just wanted to build my empire. And now I'm realizing how important it is. So whether you do it online or offline, uh, it's like building any relationship. You have to go find and uh, put effort into creating your found family, creating fit friendships. You got to put yourself out there, you know? Mm, yep. that's And I think that's the perfect place to end. You got to go out there. You do have to put in the work. Found family yeah. isn't something that uh, you find by just, you know, sitting at home and, and you know, wallowing in your own sadness. So right, this, is, right. this is that outside voice saying, you got this, go for it. Go and put in that work. And, and, and I know that you'll find people. That's the biggest thing too, that is that, as different as we all are as people, I think everybody has some group or some friend or some found family somewhere that will completely, you know, fit to them the way that I'm fortunate to have, you know, the March family um, and and Mickey and Sandy Lee, you know, fit with me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, label it under self-care. You know, it's not something extra. It's just like, your daily sweat or what you mm. put in your body, you got to make a, a, an effort to surround yourself with people that uh, are going to champion your story. That is perfect. John, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've talked a lot about found family. Now we're going to compare and contrast it to our birth families and how those work together. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. 
A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if you, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. This is Let's Get Into It. I'm Alex Iono. We have had some great conversations today with my guests, Dylan March, my best friend, and John Kim, the angry therapist. And now we're talking about 
your first family, your birth family versus your found family. And I don't really think versus in the sense of like they ever are clashing. Because for me, like I mentioned earlier in my story, I have, in my opinion, the best family on earth. I was assigned and given and birthed to an incredibly supportive and incredibly loving, no matter who I am, no matter how I act, loving type of family. And I just kind of added on to it. Um, We've talked a lot about that kind of on this episode and how important found family can be. I guess for me, obviously my, my family's super healthy. Dylan, your family, you guys are all, you guys are all very close and it's a very good tight knit family. Um, John, what's your, what is your thought on how a healthy slash unhealthy relationship from our first family can play into how much somebody will need a found family? Oh, I think it's everything. I worked in nonprofit for five years, um, helping teenage addicts with uh, their addiction and over five years uh, treating, you know, thousands of kids. The one common denominator was uh, family and uh, no one had dads. So either dad was not there or he was emotionally not there. And so I saw the byproduct of that. And uh, I think we live in a fatherless nation, you know, and even with with my family, uh, my dad was great. He came to America with no money, worked his ass off. Uh, but he was also uh, an alcoholic and and I think a workaholic. And, uh, you know, he never taught me how to hit a ball. He never sat down and told me what a man looks like. Um, we never had any kind of those kind of uh, conversations. And so I found my role models, um, you know, in movies, in locker rooms, and they were all distorted versions of men, right? In pornography, in, you know, uh, everything that, that was outside of the family. And so I wonder um, who I would have become or if I wonder if I would have crossed a great divide from boy to man in, in uh, faster if I had a dad who was more present, you know? Mm, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And Dylan, now I guess on the contrast, how does your, I, I guess you might not necessarily have a need for a found family, but like we've spent a lot of family time together. My family was just here about a, a month ago and we have all of that experience. Uh, what's your experience with the found family, even though you do have such a, a f- an awesome, dope family as it stands? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm very much on the contrast to you, John. I grew up with, you know, my dad, who was kind of my superhero and probably one of the most affectionate men on the planet. And then when I was five, my stepdad came into the picture and he was like double that role. And they've always had such a healthy relationship between my dad and stepdad. And without ever admitting it, they're probably best friends as well. Wow, that's amazing. I'm going to leave this podcast really angry and jealous. <laughs> Justifiably so, yeah. With the skin and the dad stuff, yeah. (laughs) Um, But, so I think for me, I mean, it's like you said, like, I think, I think my family's always been very quick to welcome people in between you and even Sam. And so I think probably my idea of found family isn't so strong because I've always felt so supported by mine. But yeah, with your family, I've I've never felt, you know, not included. And I think, because even initially, I know I'm sure we were way, Hunter and I, were not the friends your probably parents expected from you. <laughs> I mean, Hunter and I grew up very liberally and we were, you know, I think hyper-sexualized very young. And I think when we had met Alex, he was very on the opposite end of that <laughs> spectrum. And I wasn't even going to bring that stuff up, but that's hilarious. Keep going. So I think we're just lucky because I do think your parents had some warming up to do to us, but they have. And I think they see the value that we've brought to your life. And I... You know, I'm so happy that they can accept people like us who are very not probably what they're used to. Yeah, I think that that's the big thing is like found family. There's it's like it's a two part thing. Like you have to find the family, but then you also have to be the family that is welcoming and opening or an open. You know, like you said, my parents were with you and I think your parents were with me. And in a smaller sense, like I'm making the loudest noise I possibly can for about 12 hours a day. And the fact that not only your mom and Mickey were cool with it, they were also like they wanted to hear it. They would often ask what I'm doing. And it's I think it's a dual effort thing for found family that you want to be good to this found family. But also the found family is going to be open and and, uh, and loving and, and, and inclusive with you. Are, are either of your families willing to adopt at, at, at this point or no? Adopt? Yeah, a 47-year-old uh, Korean therapist. You are so welcome to come. We're having Thanksgiving <laughs> here at the house, John. You, Vanessa, you're more than welcome to come. I think it would be amazing. And I'm sure that we could all use some more therapy. So it would be perfect. It will be a perfect uh, exchange. Um, I think something that I really, really loved 
when I was thinking about this whole episode is the concept of like family values, right? Mm-hmm. So like I was raised and my family has values, but then I blend my birth family and my new family together and I have my own set of family values. You know, I think for me being raised in very religiously, being raised in Arizona, which fortunately is starting to turn, but originally was an insanely conservative state, especially politically to then moving to California, having friends like Dylan and Hunter and having a team like Billy and Liz and Ron who have helped me kind of learn new things. And I've really experienced so many things in life. And now I have my own set of family values. And I think a lot, especially right now, a lot of people are spending a lot of time away from their families, some of them for the first time ever. Yeah. What's something that you both discovered that you deeply valued yourself that uh, didn't necessarily come from the family that you were raised in, something that you would consider your own and your future family values? You know, I got to admit, I'm kind of on the beginning of this journey. Um, I don't feel like I had a lot of values. I mean, you know, I wanted to be a good person. I've never uh, uh, killed anyone or, you know, done anything like that. But as far as values, I didn't grow up with uh, a certain set of blueprints um, that we went by, right? Um, My parents basically wanted to give their kids designer jeans so they wouldn't be beat up. So um, they just worked a lot and and we were just surviving. So this idea of like, you know, here are the values. Um, it was basically study hard and, and, and try to be American. So now at 47 and having an eight month old daughter, now I'm starting to have this conversation with myself. Um, what are my values? You know, what do I want to pass down? What's important to me? And I think it's also what's happening in the world globally with this whole pandemic and shakeup and also the uh, political landscape. People are going back to what are my values? What do I believe in? What am I willing to fight for? So uh, this is a very topical uh, question, I think, globally mm. and individually. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Dylan, do you have anything that you kind of have put together now that may not necessarily uh be parallel with the raise the way you're raised um i think like when i look at i guess the ends were justified by the means for my family i mean you've seen the wrath of my mom i mean she could be the angry mom and do her own podcast but you know she found spirituality in in the last five years or so of her life and that's changed a lot but i think everything that she's done which you know we used to fear her growing up which was but her whole values was, or for us at least, what she wanted from us was get good grades, don't do drugs, and don't get a girl pregnant. And like, other than that, our life was free to do what we want. So, you know, I could be 13 and come home at two in the morning if I was sober and had good grades. And, you know, initially she scared the hell out of me. But now I think those values that she put in me, I, I think I'm going to probably adopt with my children. But no, I don't, I, in terms of other families, I think I'm, I still look at my mom like as perfect. Like that's what she's done. Like where my dad, I very much have like, you get older and you realize he wasn't, he was great at sports and he was good looking and he was the bachelor and he had all that stuff going for him. But I like, I still very much idolize how my mom has raised us. And um, so I think I'm going to stay pretty true to my first family in terms of values. That's good. I mean, I think that I'm going to stay true to so many of the first. And and I think that that's going to lead me into my next question that I have for both of you or my next kind of statement is that like when you do have a great first family, like your found family will help you explore things or you'll it'll help you, you know, answer some questions for yourself. But at the end of the day, if you have an amazing, you know, first family, you have an amazing birth family, I feel the exact same. Like I think when I when I turned 18, it was about the same time I met you and I went off and explored what life was like outside of my small Mormon Arizona upbringing. And I, you know, I drank alcohol for the first time and I tried weed for the first time and like and wasn't afraid about like waiting till marriage and all of those things that we've talked about on this podcast before. Um, I think a lot of those things were less of my family not allowing me to do those things and more of me being worried that they wouldn't do those things. I kind of made the decision for them. Um, But I'm so lucky that I went off and I did those things and I found, you know, I I expanded my brain and I kind of put together my own family values in such a safe place um, with, uh, you know, with you and with Hunter, like you had mentioned. When we first met, I remember this very specific conversation we had on the cruise ship that made me go like, holy cow, these guys are different. These guys are not like me. Um, And and it's it is it is I'm not going to explain. It's an NSF dubs right here for that. I want to I want to kind of crack over into kind of closing this up. Um, John, 
You're a new yes. dad. Congratulations, dude. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, you're also a new dad and probably the worst time possible to be a new dad. I mean, we're dealing with every problem in the world right now from COVID to the madness of this election to global warming and, and climate. Yeah. How is that? I think it's the, well, I, I, I disagree. I think it's the best time to be a dad. I think it's the worst time to, to have a baby. So the actual mm. uh, in going to the hospital, all that, of course, that's terrifying. But to be a dad, it's the best time. I have zero FOMO. No one's doing anything. So it's like, oh, now's <laughs> the time to be changing diapers, man. I don't feel like I'm left out. Um, I also We also recently moved to a home in Altadena where I got some chickens now. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, and I don't want to say that it's a distraction because there's a lot going out, going on in the world. Um, but I think what it does is it grounds me. So instead of allowing myself to have anxiety and think the sky's falling and all of this with what's going on, um, I could watch that witness that, but then I, um, and I have a baby. So, um, to look into a baby's eyes to see, you know, um, your DNA looking back at you is is pretty amazing. Mm. And and yeah. now having this whole conversation, what are your what are your takeaways um, as a father now from your own experience of of having an upbringing with the birth family you did and and now you know being who you are? Yeah, uh, just to simplify, my biggest goal with my daughter is to be there. So uh, mm. whatever that looks like, whether it's emotionally, physically, I have to always remind myself to be there. Um, I think that's the most important. I don't think any parent is perfect. I think we all have our stuff that we got to work through. Uh, but as long as I'm there, uh, I, I think that will set her up for a better life. Because uh, again, I think we live in a fatherless nation. I think uh, a lot of dads, um, well, moms too, but uh, you know, just being a guy, a lot of dads, they're just not there. You know, mm. they're 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 emotionally not there, or they're just physically not there. And uh, that's something that's very important to me is to be there for her. Ah, oh, that's that's amazing. That's where we should really end the show here, guys. I mean, the takeaways are easy. I think I think for me, this episode was awesome because we have three people from three completely different walks of life. You know, John being much much different than Dylan and I, but even Dylan and I having different upbringings in the sense of how we were raised, and then when we met, you know, bringing different qualities to each other's lives and bringing different qualities to each other's families and picking up qualities from each other's families as well, which is really awesome. And then also understanding that while, you know, while John didn't necessarily have that same experience growing up or through his, you know, his teens or his early adulthood, uh, the importance of how important it is to not go through life alone, especially right now in COVID and, and, and massive amounts of division and, and lots of hatred going both ways. It is very important to know that like life is not meant to be done by yourself and it's not meant to be done in the small bubble that you were raised in. And it's not meant to be done, you know, any other way than inclusively and, and with everybody together. So um, thank you guys both for being on my show. Um, this is now my favorite part of the show. It's called Not So Shameless Promo. Um, basically, I'm going to give you guys the floor and you get to tell us where we can find you. John, you want to kick it off? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, uh, Instagram would be the most uh, where I'm the most active at The Angry Therapist. And speaking of um, families and not doing life alone, during the pandemic, I created something called The Lab. And so we've got a 12 live Zoom groups are running every week and uh, tons of people jumping in there to feel like they're part of something and so that's also um, out there too. If you want to jump in, that sounds perfect. I might, yeah. I might have to come and jump into those just because yeah. I like, I like Dylan knows that I like having friends around and talking to people, and he'll probably be happy if I join that instead of talking to him and so wondering what he's doing. Standing in my room instead of standing in his room. Dylan, that being said, give it to us. For me, there's really only Instagram. You could check it out. It's at D L N M R C A. So Dylan Marsh without vowels. Some photography stuff on there if you're into that. Yeah, if you need a photographer, I can tell you firsthand, best photographer in town. Shoots film, shoots digital. I'm doing the self-promo for him. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Dylan March here. Shoots, I shoot I shoot, I shoot, shoot film. I shoot digital. I shoot anything you want. If you want your baby shot pictures, you, we got it. We got it here for you. Come on down, Dylan March Enterprises. Thank you. Quite the salesman. Thank you. I'm a salesman for you. Don't worry, man. That's what friendship's all about. That's what found family is. You got to find somebody who will sell your products for you. Love it. John, thank you so much. Dylan, thank you so much. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. Uh, again, if you are loving the podcast, please rate the podcast. Please subscribe. That is how we grow. You can leave a um, 
What's the word I'm looking for? Why do I always not know this word? Review. Review. Thank you. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you got some time, make a nice, sweet review. That is how we grow. Um, But we will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Peace. We really want you to get the help you need. So if you need help, please seek independent advice from a competent healthcare or mental health professional. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the podcast author or individuals participating in the podcast and do not represent the opinions of iHeartMedia or its employees. This podcast should not be used as medical advice, mental health advice, counseling, or therapy. Listening to the podcast does not establish doctor-patient relationship with hosts or guests of Alex Iono, Let's Get Into It, or iHeartMedia. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Woo, that's a doozy. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.